This is the Mighty Quinn. Warning, you guys. This podcast is explicit. Yes. It is adult content. Yes. It's not for kids. The views and opinions are by us and nobody else. So, if you're looking for something without adult content, I suggest you go somewhere else. Bye now. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to the show. That's how uh, the mighty Jason Osser likes to say it, I guess. Um, welcome back to the You Went to Basement episode 21. Um, we're located out here in the armpit of Utah, the northeastern side. And I bring to you. My son Joshua's back out here with co-host with Cody. He's been uh, missing in action. Actually, he's on vacation. He's getting uh, a little rest and relaxation, and I think he's playing with the band because he's in the band again. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So, how you been, Josh? Doing all right. Spent most of this off, uh, most of this month off. Just taking my vacation too. In fact, I'm on vacation right now. I only had to work four days this entire month. Perks of a eight and six. Uh, eight and six schedule. <laughs> I've also been on that eight and six schedule. And what he means by eight and six is you work eight ten hour days. Yes, eight ten hour days. That's not something that the city is used to. But then he has another person that comes in after his eight days and covers him for another eight days. And then he gets his six days off. And so when I did mine, it was a Wednesday to Wednesday. And yours is a Thursday to Thursday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like Wonderful. you're the only person that actually knows that because everyone else is like, I don't know, Josh just works whenever he wants to. And yes. <laughs> it's hard to follow because pretty much all you have to tell people is I'm off every other weekend. And a lot of people don't understand it. It's right. great because you're actually off half a year. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So half a year. I mean, if you're on a seven-on-seven, like a drilling rig schedule, yeah, then you're off a half a year. But that's a lot of days off. They work eight hours a day? or um, Some do. Back in the past, in like the 90s, they did eight-hour towers is what they called it. Oh, I see. And so they had three different shifts. I realize it's more of a eight-on-six off is more of like an adult-type schedule. If you're a younger adult mm-hmm. or a teenager... It's not something you usually like because you don't get every weekend off. I got a coworker who's yeah. 21. He says, I hate this schedule. It's the worst thing ever. 
because he doesn't get every weekend to spend with his friends. You know? Yeah. But you get older and you don't spend as much time with all your friends. You spend more time with your family, and it's like, well, shit, I'd rather just stay at home and go through and, you know, play video games, go through and build a, you know, dresser or something. I don't know. Whatever. What other <laughs> hobbies you want to go through and yeah. do that's away from work. And you work so much that it's like, God, you, you really think about what you want to do on your six days off because you're so yes. sick and tired of work. Well, you become doing a, uh, become the housekeeper of the house, the chef. Or the BMX bike rider of the backyard. Oh, you have to do it all because, <laughs> I mean, if you start and start great day drinking first thing in the morning, you're going to end up being yeah. in bad shape. I have noticed that six days off, you're like, well, it's 10 o'clock. I mean... What else am I going to do today? So you're, you know, eleven o'clock smashed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I uh, uh, when I worked it, I I got up and and mountain biked, and then I did my honeydews around the house, mowed lawns, did whatever we need to patch and repair, clean, uh, you know, whatnot. Work in the yard a lot, you know. I mean, um, I, I built the cinder block wall around the house. It's my uh, Trump wall that goes around the backyard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Six foot tall and and bulletproof. It's completely full of rebar and cement because the tradesman that I am, I had to decide that I had to conquer masonry work, which I'll never do again. I could probably do a little bit in the yard, but I'd never do it for a living. But those are the things that you know when you're on an eight six, you got those six days off. You have to challenge yourself. You have to find hobbies. Yes. Or it, d- it just doesn't work out. You just sit around in your underwear three days without a shower. So, <laughs> And uh, you're currently, uh, you have just purchased a new, a new house. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, been... how's that, being a homeowner? <laughs> I, I almost called you a homo, but I mean it was a homeowner. <laughs> just abbreviated. Yeah, you're part of the homo so- association. Yeah, we, we <laughs> bought that house. Um, right when the housing market went skyrocket high, which is not something I typically wanted to do. But, I mean, we had to, me and my fiance had to move out because um, of our housing situation at the townhouse when we were renting. It just wasn't working out, and she kind of wanted us out anyways. So mm-hmm. we ended up having to find something quick notice. But we chanced upon that house. It's in a nice neighborhood. It's not ideal money of what I wanted to pay for it. In fact, it's... What did I say? It's forty thousand, sixty thousand dollars more than what they purchased it for four years ago. Oh yeah, ago. The, the inflation out here is yeah, unreal it's... for us living in the area that looks like nineteen fifty. Yeah, I bought mine for two hundred and seven thousand dollars. They bought theirs for two or one forty is what it was. One forty four, I think, yeah. is what they purchased theirs for. But in the four years they lived there, they they tore that house to shit. Well, <laughs> no, they they did a lot of good things to it. Don't get me wrong, but like. The yard, we had probably eight-foot kosher weeds in the backyard, and it was nothing but kosher weeds and dirt. Hadn't been watering all year. The front yard has um, white top in it because he brought horses through there to shoe. By the way, this is middle of Roosevelt, so that's kind of illegal. Yeah, it's, it, it's in the suburbs of, yeah. uh, of Roosevelt. So <laughs> that was all beat to shit. So that was, that was my first... What, three months living mm-hmm. there was just nothing but yard work and getting all that. I trimmed down probably 60 plus Chinese elms, which are still in my backyard and yeah. trimmed up the tree, mowed the lawn. I actually have lawn in the backyard now. 
the front yard's still nothing but white top, which I'll get to that next year. But it's been fun. It's been quite the uh, adventure. It's a older house than I'm typically used to. But after well, getting well, all the, you got to start somewhere. That first house I bought was built in 1928. Yeah, but I paid twenty eight thousand dollars for it. That was over twenty seven years ago. Yeah, that's like my car. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much my car costs. You can't even buy a brand new truck for that. I think new trucks are eighty, ninety thousand dollars anymore for something that's brand new. Yeah. Um, I think, and I'm thinking to go back to the old school stuff is basically what we're going to have to do. But then parts are going to skyrocket. Yeah, you know, you're probably so. right. I I don't know. The house is not. It's just the previous homeowners had some weird things they installed mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily. I would have done it completely different. Like the, I had hell trying to figure out how the downstairs gas fireplace works. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was on a, a dial on the wall that was like. Yeah, that wasn't digital. It was analog to you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's all wired janky up through the ceiling. But hey, it, 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 I, the house is warm. I got my P's and Q's together. So I can actually spend this winter not worrying about freezing to death or having my pipes freeze over so that's nice that will be nice that will be definitely nice but uh, you know the ownership's important it really is and in the long run whether you stay stay in it or you move you'll you'll enjoy it a lot more it's nice to know that you can put your fish through the drywall and not have any repercussions but you don't do it because you know that <laughs> you gotta have pay to, for it yeah you it's on you now <laughs> it doesn't come out of your deposit it's not a it's not a slap on the back of your hand and like oh you gotta fix that yeah kind of like you're you're siding on your house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Josh, uh, he left a tattoo <laughs> on the side of the house with the barbecue. <laughs> barbecue was a little too close to the vinyl siding. And we've got a pretty good warp out there. It's a wrinkle, a wrinkle in time. And actually, Cody's come over and he's like, um, don't let Josh smoke at your house with the smoker. And I was like, why is that? He says, his smoking sucks. I says, no, his food's pretty good. He's, he's turned out pretty good. He says, did you see what he did to the side of your house? He's preheating the stove so I can make ribeye steaks. I just forgot about it for two hours. Yeah. Oh, it's all good. Uh, one of these days, uh, I'll take on another another trade and start putting siding on the house. <laughs> well, I'll have to help you out with that. I, I kind of earned that position there. Yeah, we might just rock it or something. I, I haven't decided, but in the well, meantime. That'd look cool. Yeah. Like a stucco or something? Yeah. Stucco some of it. Um, Mom doesn't want me to venture out and do it myself. She wants to contract it out, but you know me. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you did, it's going to last a hell of a lot longer, I can tell you that. The house will probably tip over because it'll be damn heavy because so, I did it. <laughs> this is industrial, damn it. <laughs> Built things to last. Yeah. Well, I think when you... Uh, I grew up in a uh, a modular home, and modular homes are not built really good. They're built like camp trailers. And when you're, it's like that, and everything is not uniform and plumb you get to the point where you become a perfectionist and i i think a lot of it's i also you know served an apprenticeship and went through a trade and became a journeyman and i have those principles instilled with me for the rest of my life yeah they're not going to change i remember setting grade 10 years old with my dad yeah 
and then learning how to square and frame and and everything you know at 10 years old i mean so by hell we built some things but my tree houses never went together right we are always working farm farming and farming <laughs> yeah that's why we kind of don't <laughs> like to enjoy other things however there's some there's some good stuff i think a lot of people have lost over the years that came from more of your childhood that my my generation doesn't have necessarily like you know what you do when you're poor or you know what you do when you don't have resources and how you come across those resources yeah. and those are things that you and grandpa have that i never got to grow up old grow up into and uh i'm actually have to learn those in my later 20s yeah we just had this discussion at the dinner table not too long ago um with the butter you were talking about amish butter and I says we didn't have the oh, option. Yeah. We didn't have that option growing so, up. So I know I, I buy some really expensive shit to go through and make food with. Don't get me wrong. I, I buy a lot of things that just seem out of the ordinary. <laughs> but I I do take pride in little things I do know, like how to home make soup and Oh hell yeah. Like, you know, taking all your bones and all of your food scrap mm-hmm. and making soup yep. out of it. And then I'm gonna start doing some gardening since I got the yard up in order for mm-hmm. next year. And so I can go through and, you know, get some things, even if they seem dumb, like potatoes and onions, you can buy those for a dime a dozen at the store. I still want to go through and grow them. It's, it's good knowledge to have. I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's therapy. It's just like your hunts. Yeah. You get out, you clear your head. It's the same thing. You're like, Oh, I'm going to plant this. The thing is, is I got the hard life when it came down to it. My uh, aunt, she put 40 acres in potatoes. 40 acres in tomatoes and we were the ones that helped harvest and then my dad when he'd grow a garden we first started out half acre gardens family gardens (laughs) the blue hubbard squash yeah it wasn't just blue hubbard it was tomatoes and corn and peas and swiss chard and and turnips and beets and that's a lot of work and it was a lot of work and and he'd tell us all right Everybody get a row, which we had furrows. They cultivated everything with the tractor yeah. to get it started. But then you can't get a tractor in there after you start watering and, and you know, everything starts sprouting. So you're tilling it and hoeing it. I learned how to use a hoe and not the ones that we pick up over there below Metro Hill. Ha <laughs> ha! No. <laughs> and nobody even knows what Metro Hill is anymore. That's nostalgic. Yeah. I think they call it... Uh, uh tri-county health hill it's, now it's uh more of the uh trailers or the, uh, that's why tri-county health is there is to fix the stds of the basin <laughs> go through and pick up on your uh your fix quick fix right there you get your quick fix right behind the sign there yeah but uh no the the gardening we would have to grab a hoe and, and heal the potatoes and, and get rid of all the weeds and grandpa would tell us all right you get a whole row done, we'll go to the lake. We can go fishing or swimming. You never did. We never did. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know you hear, heard this before, but I'm trying to bring it out on the podcast because it's part of my life too, you know. Yeah. But and if we were going to go, the wind would always pick up. Yeah. So when I was 16, I bought a sailboard yeah. to go windsurfing, you know. Well, definitely as a kid. I mean, I don't know if you did, but... I, as a kid, I didn't really appreciate 
I don't know, going out and hunting and stuff like that. I, I, I enjoyed going out with you in the mornings and stuff like that. I just it never did click as a kid to go through and wake up at 4.30 in the morning, go through and hike, you know, four miles into some primitive area, go through and see a cow elk and get excited because you saw a cow elk yeah. and then not shoot anything all day because you're trying to shoot a bull. And like, I don't know, it's just, I, I tripped five times. I'm not having a good time. <laughs> my hands are cold. Like those are the only things you think about as a kid. And same thing with gardening is like, Oh my God, I got to go out there. And you guys had me water the damn arborvitas out front with the buckets. Yeah. I'd go through and fill up five gallon buckets and had to go through and water this. And I just had no appreciation yeah. for it. I was like, this is bullshit. But yeah. as an adult, you're like, hey, you know, I plant in this garden. This is this is my stuff. Like, I made chicharrones, um, like, what, two days ago? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. They're not great. But I am so prideful of those. They're a little overcooked. But, you know, I was like, hey, I made these. I skinned all that skin off. I took all the fat off. I went <laughs> and dried the shit out of them, and then I fried them in their own oil. I went through and uh, reduced all the fat and oil, and I cooked it in its own oil. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it was one of those things I was just really appreciative of it. And same thing with hunting. You know, I go through and I, as an adult, I shoot anything from, you know, like a really good four-point deer to like a tiny-ass little two-point that was in, you know, cornfield yeah. or something. And to me, it's, you know, it's, I'm eating, I did this. This is my, you know, doing, I get to go through oh, and provide chip the off the old block. So. Yep. Um, that's definitely, harvesting is important, important to me. Um, it's pride. It's, it put, brings a smile to my face when people are doing it the right way. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I think you and me, especially we, we pride ourselves. And if we take a step back, I didn't buy this. I got it. I made it. You know, I went through and if you're growing your own herbs, it's like, oh, wow. You really like the, how the seasoning is with this. And you know, you get all these smiles and these happy faces, all the mouths you just fed. You're like, Oh, you know, that I took that step back and that worked out, you know. And yeah. That's that's what we pride ourselves over that little. Well, you know, barbaric. there was a time that I thought score mattered to me. But anymore, somebody's going to beat your record. It's just like football. Somebody is going to beat the next guy's record no matter what, unless you're Tom Brady. And then <laughs> he should he can just go on forever. I don't think he's really alive. Yeah. He's that AI. He, his real name is Alexa, I think. <laughs> We've been programming him for years. Right. We just didn't know that. But no, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, something that we need to focus on a little bit more is not the sport. You know? It's the amount of effort you put into something. Yeah. And the pride that you put into what you did. Yeah, well, there's nothing better than pulling the steak out of the freezer that you dressed you took out a majority of people now don't like to get their hands dirty yeah so these uh butcher shops here for 15 bucks they'll gut your deer yeah all you have to do is place the bullet yeah you killed that's great (laughs) you didn't have to do anything you threw everything in the back of the truck somebody else took care of it you were on to your next hunt you shot it on the road anyways So that's the sportsman portion of it and not the harvest. And I like deer meat. I think it's very lean. It's, it's very it's good, good for you. As long as you don't overcook it, it's great. Yeah. You have to eat it medium or rarer than medium because if you get it any more than medium, it's like you get that's where you get your gaminess from. 
Yeah. That's where it starts getting tough and you can't eat it at all. Unless you're doing stew. Yeah. That's different. The first deer that I ever killed was probably the biggest buck. I was 14 years old. It was a five by four. Damn. Yeah. Um, I had shot at it a few weeks earlier. Back then, we didn't have like, what? what's the deer hunt, seven days? Something like that. I don't yeah, know. we had two weeks. But at the first of the hunt, my dad talked me in to not hunting the river bottom. And it felt awkward not to be on the river bottom and going to the desert. He says, everybody's a town on the river bottom right now. Hunting. A lot of pressure. We had a tree stand. We climbed up it. I'd get my hands cold. I mean, I just, you know, little kid. And it's below freezing. Yeah, you get cold all the time. And I, I'd get bored. I'd make noise. And I'd always get yelled at. So he says, let's go for a hike. Let's go in the desert. I looked at him. It's the first year I'm hunting. And I was like, there's no deer back here. Come on, let's go. All right. So we walked back there, and we ran into two massive bucks. And I unloaded my gun, and loaded, and unloaded my gun, and loaded, and then swore the gun was off. (laughs) And then we went back and shot it. And the gun was sighted in. and, and It's just those jitters. Yeah, and I chased on foot probably five, six miles, caught back up. And shot at him again. Still missing. Did not get him that day. Yeah. A couple weeks later, I saw some deer. And they weren't too far from Grandma and Grandpa's place. And I got as close as I could. And I started crawling. And I was probably 400, 400 plus yards away. And I unloaded my gun on my buck but it was the last shell and i took that shell out and i kissed it i was like this is it (laughs) boom it fell over it was clear up a canyon i crawled up there and i i mean i literally crawled on my hands and knees to stalk this deer i wanted it so bad and that was the five by four that i had got i didn't even know how to gut one i did my best i came back with a uh uh, windpipe its balls were still on it it still had some guts in it but my grandfather was happy and you know my grandpa's not alive anymore and he died when I was 18 so I mean it was one of those things that I got to share with him and he's like it, my grandpa he was a great person he taught me a lot but he was ornery yeah. and he says You'll never do as good as you did that, that time, you know. He says it'll take years and years to get another deer like that. But, yeah, (laughs) I just remember that, you know, and and he has been right. I have shot similar deer, you know, out in the book cliffs, but I still haven't killed a buck like that and the story behind that buck, you know. But it was strong, and Grandma didn't like the strong meat because it was old. It was an older deer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I remember 
going to Lagoon that year with the school. Uh-huh. And I was on the bus, and we didn't tell anybody that we had deer meat because that's poor boy food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> now it's rich. <laughs> yeah. Move out to the city, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make ends meet. I'm, you know, single guy living out in the city. And I had a shit ton of deer meat from uh-huh. that. Um, four point we shot up um, nine mile. Yeah. And uh, I had just been cooking that on the little skillet that we had there at work. Uh-huh. And my coworkers would come down from their offices. They're like, oh, Josh, that's uh, what kind of steak is that? I'm like, oh, it's it's deer meat. Like, you know, try to say it on your breast. So hopefully they didn't hear. And it's <laughs> like, oh, you must be so rich. Do you go through and eat like antelope and like uh, gazelle and stuff like that too? And it's like, what? No, I. <laughs> no, it's like sometimes I eat elk meat. I'm like, oh, you're still fancy. Where do you buy this at? Like, they think I'm like buying some from some like like whole grocery store or some shit like that. I'm like, no, I, I, I shot this. I'm eating it. You know, like tomorrow I might bring some elk. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> this is poor boy food. Like, uh, I'm kind of embarrassed that you caught me cooking this because uh, it's the only thing I do have. So. Yeah. Now, now it's a little bit different. Yeah, you're right. It's it's the it's the rich boy for you. Like, oh, look at this. You'll you'll start seeing like elk steaks and shit like that at these, you know, at the store, at the store, and even at these like do, do, fancy restaurants so, like the Hideout. Ute Plaza. Yeah. Actually, sells bison, elk. I have not seen deer, but if you get over in the frozen food cooler, there's donations that people have donated to the store. I, I'm calling it donations. I don't know the proper uh, way of they are, it's not for resale, but they're in the cooler for sale. And I'm not knocking it no no matter what, what. But one of these days, I actually need to pick one up when I'm done shopping and say, you know, I'm going to take these. So it's home. just not USDA regulated meat? Yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. But it's a sovereign nation. Yeah. So who's to say? Well, it's it's federal government. Anyways, but. Yeah. It's, that's, that's interesting and. I don't know, for the listeners out there wondering why that would be a weird thing is USDA's got to go through and regulate all the meat, like all the hormones and all the vaccines that go into it, where deer has none of that, so they can't go through and regulate if it has disease or not. So, yeah, you yeah. are taking a little bit of a chance when you go through and eat that deer and elk meat, but it's a very, very, very small chance that you'd go through and get something from that. Yeah, you, Especially you, you if you're take, cooking your meat properly and stuff. You take more of a risk getting salmonella. Probably from beef. From anything. <laughs> yeah. Then then probably chronic yeah. wasting disease. But or on the other cow. hand, it's a hell of a lot healthier for you. I mean, like me, I got super high cholesterol genetically. Not my fault. Mm-hmm. But deer meat's one of the best things for me. Yeah. It's got all the iron that I need and it's lo- low in fat. So oh, it's yeah. like, shit, this is better than eating chicken. Dude, and the farts. The farts <laughs> are the best on deer meat. I think it's just <laughs> you and kidney beans with it. <laughs> Well, I don't eat kidney beans too often anymore. Like, you know when you do the low-carb diet? You don't, yes. You don't fart all that much? Yeah. Yeah, I never caught myself farting when I was eating deer meat all the time. <laughs> no, when you did, though, it was, it was rank. Oh, my good God. And you could clear a room. All you need is a boiled egg, some broccoli, and uh, a damn deer steak. I'll and just, you could clear the room. Throw, throw some potato salad in there. Right? That's the icing on the cake. No, if, like, true low-carb, like, keto diet, you're just eating, like, like maybe some kale, some deer meat, and like all that. It smells absolutely like shit. And then you go through and you, you drop a duker and it smells like chocolate, which it does not make any sense. <laughs> chocolate. 
Did that ever happen with you when we were doing the whole diet thing? It just smells like chocolate in the bathroom? I really don't pay attention. I think it all smells like shit. Oh, see, when I lost 100 pounds, if I was lucky to shit every four days, I was like, oh my God, it's coming out. <laughs> so you'd have to go through and it's like, oh, it smells like chocolate. What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> it went right through me, man. It went right through me. Is that semi-sweet or milk? Chocolate. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, um it was actually brought up to me uh, from mom's coworkers. Um, they wanted to know what my opinion was about female hunters. Oh, um, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to get my fiance into it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to go through and be a little bit graceful because I don't want to go through and like, hey, here's the elk hunt. You want to walk eight miles today? Okay. You know, like, I don't want to be that much. I'm going to try to get her into bird hunting and stuff like that. I think. That's right around the corner, too. So, I mean, statistically, I think it's really great. Uh Uh-huh. You know, you, we have our deer hunt. It's, you know, you're not drawing every year. You're drawing probably every other year, if that. And, uh, you know, why not increase your odds, you know? More people in the family with more hunting tags, you can go through and probably harvest more animals at that point. My opinion is, is every time we take female hunters with us, we're lucky. There's something about taking female hunters. To me, we're luckier. It's like, there's the deer. We had a great time and everything. And it, even putting in four the I hunts. hope you're right, because we're, <laughs> we're taking my fiance tomorrow. You realize yeah. that, right? Yeah. So I really hope that she brings the luck. I mean, I'll knock on wood, tap on glass, save my ass, but I really hope you're right. Yeah. Cause I, I just, it seems like they bring a different aura to hunting to where it's like, oh, this isn't just as much work. We're having a good time. And even when they put in for draws, it seems like they draw out quicker than we do. <laughs> so hats off to them. I think it's great uh, to actually go out as a couple and be able to hunt and and provide and work with each other to do so um i think it's a growing uh it's not i guess it is a trade because when we go through and harvest an animal i've got your mom right next to me you know i do the butchering she does the wrapping and and You know, yeah. not that kind of wrapping. The white <laughs> paper wrapping that we... The uh, white wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> not to be prejudiced on this one. Uh, the white paper wrapping. Well, they don't so, sell the brown paper wrapping anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I. You know, I was kind of talking to my fiance about this the other day, is that when I had my... When I shot my first large animal, it was a, a cow elk. Mm-hmm. And just the setting and how it happened, stuff like that. I, I wish, and it's not your fault because we were with other people at the time, but I wish that I would have had some time to process what I just did. Uh-huh. You know, go through. I just killed an animal. I just took a life away from something. And that's upsetting. And it should be. And I wish I had time to go through and process that um, at the time that we were at. But we were just with other people and we had to go through and get it, you know, taken care of at the time that it needed to be taken care yes. of. So. But I'm glad that I have my fiance in my life who wants to be a part of this because it's like, well, hey, when you go through and you shoot your first animal, like, you no, know, 
we're here. We understand what you're feeling. We've progressed as humans. And I think maybe our female hunters in our family and stuff like that have gone through and helped us, you know, process these things. Like, hey, we're not just killing to kill, you know, like we, there's a purpose behind what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and maybe we're maybe just justifying. I don't I don't think so. Yeah. But, you know, like I want to go through and have some morals upon that. And I feel like, you know, mom and my fiance, you know, every other female hunter out there, they go through and they bring that other perspective into it where sometimes the boys are just being boys and maybe we don't need that as much. Maybe we need a little bit of conscious on our you know, shoulder. It's like, hey, yeah. maybe you shouldn't do that. Or maybe we should do it like this. Yeah. And there's so. nothing better than women in camo. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, well, I when I met my fiance, I told her, I was like, um, I didn't. I need to know what kind. What what's your metal? You know, like how tough are you when you go out? Like how motley of a person are you? Yeah. Because I don't want to go camping. Just you know, tent camping with someone who can't stand not taking a shower every day. Yeah. You know, I need someone that can go through and ha- ha- you know deal with a couple of dinglings on their butthole from you know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> bad bow you know, pooping. yeah bow daggets yeah. from bad pooping experiences like i need someone that can go through and deal with just yeah. a little bit of hardship because who's, i mean who's i'm saying, not a high maintenance person and who sang that song met a man bow daggett and he danced for me with worn out shoes <laughs> yeah i have no clue on that one <laughs> it's bojangles Mr. Bojangles. So, anyways, wrapping back up into my point. Okay. Women in camel are hot because yeah. if you're rocking that camel and you're actually using that camel, you're hot. Yeah. That's hot. There's some pretty cool uh, hunters out there. I've actually, you know, watched, listening to the meteor with Steve Rinella. Um, there's some diehard women on that show. And I'll tell you what, if you're a woman that really enjoys hunting, listen to his podcast. Jeez. It's the meat eater, and it's on every platform. It's 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 a good one, and I mean he he even takes Joe Rogan out hunting, and then Joe Rogan puts him on his podcast as, as well. But this guy is very knowledgeable, and the people that he uses are real hunters. And when I mean real hunters, he's got women out there that can kick any guy that I know's ass in hunting. Yeah, and that right there, that's awesome. Yeah, his turkey episode with the women in it was one of my favorite episodes. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, let's see. Uh, so, did you know in Illinois that if you're a resident, you can pick up roadkill and harvest it as long as you are an Illinois citizen. So, like, there's, like, no limit on it. No. Wouldn't that kind of go through and just, like, enforce hitting animals, though, with your vehicle? Like, get the biggest. It has to be reported. But you're able. If you if a deer jumps in front of you and you hit it and it wrecks your car, it's yours. The cop says, okay, well, you get to take it home. Here in the state of Utah, that doesn't happen. It's They deal with it. You're, you reported it. It's legal if you report it if if you actually hit a deer in the state of utah and do not report it you're illegal yeah i mean there's two sides to this i would think anyways so illinois like Uh 
good thing about it is that the people are actually going through and using the meat. And we know that they're using the meat because there's there's diehard people that want that meat. Now, on the bad hand, are they hitting those animals on purpose so they can go through and harvest meat? Oh, officer, not, I not slowed big... down. You know, you can see my skid marks back there, but you don't know yeah. what their intent was. And then he's got the bumper. But I think the officer is also the peace officer on it and says yay or nay on that. He's, he's like... Yeah, but Illinois is all small town, just like, you know, the UNA basement is. Yeah, but Illinois also has got Chicago in it. It's not a small place. So, I mean, th- there's good sides to it and there's bad sides, obviously. Yeah. But like, Did you know, though, you cannot take the roadkill if you're ne- negligent on child support. <laughs> so, it's like hunting here in Utah. You can't get it or go through and yeah. draw a tag if you're like, hey, you haven't been paying your child support. You can't draw a so, your tag. So, basically, when you're down, you're down, and they kick you even harder. So, what the United States <laughs> is basically trying to say is, hey, stop being a piece of shit. It could be the piece of shit. You're already <laughs> yeah. down, and you can't have free free meals. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to revoke your lagoon ticket. You haven't been paying your child support. Yeah. How so, how great would that be if they did that at bars, too? It's like, sorry, sir, we can't serve you liquor oh, yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you haven't been paying your child support. Yeah, it says right here on Stop your, being a piece of shit. <laughs> Do you know what your credit score is? <laughs> <laughs> you probably shouldn't be drinking tonight, bud. Mm-hmm. I think that you should probably go to church tonight and hit an AA meeting, and it <laughs> might help you out just a little bit in life. <laughs> um, How was... Your elk hunting experience. God, we we went all the way from the west end slope, or south slope of Uinta Canyon, or uh-huh. the Uinta Mountains, all the way almost to the east side of the south slope of the Uinta Mountains. Yes. I, we saw, I only saw, without you, I saw three elk. One was on U Indian land. It was a four-point bull elk with about a two-and-a-half-foot spread uh-huh. on it. It was, a, it was a big one. Not, not going to lie. Nice not a raghorn. Yeah. And it was with two cows. Um, I saw that on the south slope. Then we saw the other three. That was also on Indian land, but that was more south. So I'm not going to say that was a part of the Uinta Mountains. But other than that, we probably, on foot, uh, shit, how many miles did you say we went through and spent on foot. I averaged every day six to eight miles is what I figured we put. And it, it's six, eight miles up and down slopes, over trees, in the snow. It's so you can tack on a mile or two just for funsies on that if you wanted to. But we were going six to eight miles. I spent, let's see, the hunt was 13. 13 days or 14 days? It's a 14 day and you spent 10 days hunting. Yeah, I spent 10 days hunting. I, I spent and then seven. I, I hiked more than you did. So yes. I ended up walking a shit ton. So I out of the truck, away from other trails, other people, yeah. still did not see anything. I saw a really nice bull moose mm-hmm. up Uinta Canyon with two cows with it. Now you're telling all of our secrets. Well, shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not I'm that saying, anybody listens to this. I, I walked I walked, I walked quite a ways. And you wouldn't want to walk where I walked anyways. I rolled my knee so goddamn bad doing that. Uh-huh. And I ended up having to sit down for a while. Like, you know, sit there and grab my knee like uh, Peter Griffin does and like Family Guy. <sighs> 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 anyways. Went yeah. and did that. But uh, 
shit other than that we did a shit ton of driving just looking for traffic too and uh now i don't know anything about the north slope but i read the comments on the dwr website and their facebook posts Uh uh-huh man people are pissed about the elk hunt this year yes there's not there's a lot of people that are unhappy and a lot of people that are going to start venturing to other states which is you know colorado's great Mm -hmm. but when people start doing that it's gonna ruin theirs it's like all the people that wanted to smoke pot moved to colorado and then colorado's like we don't want you anymore you know you kind of ruined it for us yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is just with elk hunting now but there's a few different points to this because um you know you have people want to go through and have the elk hunt where you know you're not drawing you're not being able to buy it every year you have to buy every other year or it's a draw you know for the general season yeah and then other people are like, well, stop being an asshole and don't shoot every, you know, raghorn that you see or every spike that you see. And those are both good things, too. But it's legit. I, it's legit. But it, when it comes down to it, I, I'm with you on it. You got to harvest, you know, you Sometimes want meat. you shoot the two-point. And I'm sorry. It's just when you go through and you look at meat as meat and not horns. And yeah. I get the thing is, like, you're not going to go into a trophy area and shoot the first two-point you see. You're going to go through and shoot a nice bull. And that, that was the purpose of that trophy. I could hunt. if they're available. Yeah. You, that's what you do. They, that, they've got a spike elk hunt. Yeah. When you're general season, you shoot anything that's above the ears. I'm sorry. You go through and shoot the first Because the next guy bowl, will get it. Because the next guy will go through and get it. And that is meat in the freezer. I've now, seen it happen time and time You again. can't go through and have people go through and regulate this because we're not going to. Obviously, I am not going to. And I'll go through and be the, the bad person in this. Yeah, I see the you know the raghorn. I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to see the spike. I'm going to shoot it. Go through and have it every other year, or go through and figure out how you're managing your elk because they sold. I looked this up: fifteen thousand tags for general season. Uh huh. Okay. I saw the youth hunt was unlimited. Really? Yes. Oh yeah, I did see that the youth hunt was unlimited. Yeah, for but, youth tags. So we have unlimited tags, and then fifteen thousand, which I'm assuming that probably. Well, every dad that went out that had a kid, you know. Yeah, 4,000 to 8,000 people with the youth tag, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to make any answers up on that. But I saw three elk that were on the south slope. Yeah. Three elk that were not able to shoot because it was too dark and it was on Indian land. Yeah. Now, I didn't see. We saw some traffic. We didn't see a cow. We didn't get a glimpse of anything that may have been an elk. There was like no, like, oh, he's right up here. You know, get your guns right. We ran into hunters. Yes. And we saw old foot traffic the entire time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, we heard a few bugles. We also had a hunter call us in. And we were, we fell for that goddamn shit. But. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it pulls your heartstrings every time. I'm not going to lie. Well, you don't want to let it down. You're like, what? Was what it a hunter? What is it, a hunter? God damn, what if it was a bull? We better check this shit out. You get over there the and you're biggest like... Biggest damn bull you've ever seen. Yeah, you get over there and you're like, a guy sitting there drinking coffee on a log bugling. And you're yeah. like, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. And I mean, we... Oops. I'm not going to say we're the 1%, but I mean, obviously we're kind of a minority. Most of the people that go through and hunt nowadays and go through new side-by-sides. They road hunt, stuff like that. Now, if you do not road hunt and you actually get out of the vehicle and go through and walk your ass off, hats off to you. Hats off to you because it's a it's a dying trait. I don't. I I did so a lot of walking, not a lot of footprints, 
And these were some easier places I walked, and some of them were a lot harder places I walked, but not a lot of footprints. Majority of hunters only go half mile off the road. And, you know, granted, some of the places we went through and walked around, it's like, oh, there's no traffic here. Let's go find mm-hmm. something new. But, shit, most of the people that go through and hunt it are just side by side in it. Yeah, elk hunting's, elk hunting's a lot like uh, a fishing. You find a hole, and if you're not happy with that hole you change your lures a few times and you move to the next hole yeah and that's basically what we did is we uh went through and expired every one of our areas this year and stuff that we've been lucky in the past we did not venture over to the north slope this year and it probably was the year to go <laughs> it, was, it was probably the happening place to be completely honest but you know when we went up blind stream and tried crossing it and two foot of snow uh we probably would have been in that on the north slope because that's just basically what it is did you see that they found a wolverine on the north yes slope? i did that was uh, a couple coyotes yeah coyotes were trying to go through and corner it and i was like yeah i don't think the coyotes have ever seen one of these i don't know if they know what they're getting yeah. themselves into which was funny because trail cameras were supposed to be off two weeks prior law-wise to any hunt yeah and the dwr is like <laughs> thanks for the submitted picture like yeah thank for the picture like, like oh it's just it's just my trail camera i wasn't hunting god they should have slapped him on the wrist i got a trail camera yesterday um i don't know did i send it to you on snapchat i don't remember yeah it's it's on one of my uh uh pipes. oh yeah the, of my the... piping yeah <laughs> <laughs> i looked at it and i was like oh you gotta be kidding but it's their field you know i'm in their field and it's a prime area it's prime for turkey it's prime for elk and it's prime for so deer. is that a deprivation tag or is that Depred- a land- depra depredation yeah. tag not a land or is it a landowner tag that might be a general season tag right there but they can't since it's private yeah, it's just on private land. But they get depredation tags. But as far as I know, it's very rare to get a horned or an antlered animal, buck or a bull, uh-huh. on general season or depredation tags. I looked those up today. Um, DWR has nothing to say about them. They issue them out, but they don't have anything to say about them. I... Don't know what the rules and regulations are because I know of a person who gets one of those tags each year yeah. and then he uses it to hunt BLM the entire time. I don't know if that is... That's old school. I, um, I've been that, a part of the old school. Is yeah. that is that, you know, are you out of your rules and regulations when you do that? Or is it has that, to is be that... on your property and anymore, it's a voucher. So, so that's what it says on yeah. the website. It's like, we'll give out a voucher, and it could be on short notice. When we we used to team. get landowner tags, and they're doe tags. Yeah. Because um, the elk were non-existent when I was a teenager. They've they've moved. Yeah. They're they're evolving. Um, a so lot, that um, is against the law, then, to go yeah. for them to go We are, the... you know, a lot of people have a lot of weird ideas about greenhouse gas stuff like that and that this is a whole different subject but elk are evolving deer are evolving and i'm going to tell you why we're dropping the populations off they used to be a herd mm-hmm. all right at one time when they were herded up our ruts were longer now 
you're getting less than a two-week rut because there's not that many cows anymore. Yeah. So they're they're done. The smell's not there. You know, I mean, the pheromones are not there for the animals. And it's actually a biological fact that that is occurring right now in Utah's game. Just because of population. So Utah, they need to get it together. You know, and, and people need to get out. People need to get out and express their opinions or email um, our DWR. And do it on a friendly level. It doesn't need to be a hate yeah. Let's talk about this. You tell me your side, I'll tell you mine. Not your cancer culture, which you're going to bring up here later. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, I I understand it. We we do need some help and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> have you heard about um, the Uinta County? Yes. Stuff? Yeah, yeah, we brought it up on the last podcast with Cody and I, um, which has not aired. It'll be out Monday. Okay. Yeah. Well, well. It won't be out your guys' Monday because we are actually, uh, we have an episode in the hole, so it's every two weeks that these things come out. So So. it just kind of reminded me of that. I was like, because in the back of your head, you want to go through and say, man, it's a conspiracy, you know? Like, DWR (laughs) is taking money in from the U Indian tribe, and they're pushing all the elk into those areas, and that's why we never see them, you know? Or some bullshit answer like that. But As far as I could see is the population. I don't think that the population, the DWR, says it's here. I don't know how they count it, whether they're counting it with the tribe's elk population. Yeah. All in general, all in one, when they fly over, they're like, okay, this is all state land. But they're not showing that what's on the tribe. Because animals are going to go where... There's less pressure. There's less pressure. It's not because they know that they're safe there. Yeah. That's why we've got wolves and grizzly bears in Yellowstone, is there's nobody to manage it. You know? And it should be... It really sucks that it, it's great for tourism and everything. Could you imagine a, like a family of like six, you know, all taking pictures of like some like you know buffalo or some shit? Like some that. guy in a ghillie suit, <laughs> comes off. big ass three hundred eight. He's all camped out, just takes a shot on it. Yeah, that kids. I don't screaming. think we'll ever change uh, Yellowstone from being a national park. And Steve Rinella says he's going to fight really hard to try to do that and put it back into Montana, Wyoming. And so it's a wildlife management area. I don't think it'll happen, but it's a cool concept that yeah. he can actually go in there. And he, he was talking, he says, I do not think that we should extinct any animal. Just basically wipe them off the planet. He says, but we need to control things like wolves, cougars, bears, and everything. But not kill them all off. Yeah, but I mean, everything has to have a system, right? The yeah. The... The prey is really big this year, so the next year we know that the predators are going to be a lot bigger. We we know this because of how systems work. We're just trying to play the smallest part as we can in the system. You yeah. know? We're not trying to go through and it's like, okay, let's go through and completely get rid of all the wolves, and then humans can go through and take on all the elk. That's not how things work. No. And honestly, if we have this equal balance, we go through and have like the amount of tags appropriated for the right areas – then we can go through and like, you know, maybe, hey, go through. If you shoot this many wolves, we'll go through and give you this much money. Kind of like they do with the uh, coyote ears. Yeah. And that changes from year to year. too. Yeah, sometimes so, it's a tail. Sometimes it's the so whole So do that with money. wolves too. And then yeah. like every other year, go through and do bear tags. Yeah. You know, people like going through and doing that. Bring out the old school culture. 
Yeah. Of hunting. I'm not a big fan of the wolves being here in Utah because of our, our game and what little game that we do have. You know, I mean. Well, shit, yeah. I mean, like, anyone's going to go through and say, the Wolverine even. It's like, what the hell is that doing here in Utah? I like it because I think it's cool, but. That is badass. In the other sense, it's like, oh, God, it's going to eat all of our, you know, sage grouse and some shit like that. Like, we're, we're so limited on what we can go through and hunt here in Utah in general season areas that it's kind of like, Kind of shitty when you go through and it's like, oh, yeah, we're introducing the wolves back here in Utah. Uh-huh. It's like, why would you do that? We don't even have enough to shoot now. There's a a feline animal, a lion, that supposedly went extinct like 50 years ago that has turned back up. In the United States? Yeah, I saw it and I can't remember what it was. It, and it was just a Facebook clip. Large so. or small? It's a smaller one. It's not as big as a uh, a cougar. So like bobcat length yeah, size, like, like cougars that you find in Mighton, you know. But no, <laughs> no cougars Mighton. Um, it's it's a little bit smaller than a mountain lion, but it's just a different kind of jaguar or puma. But they thought it was dead. And it came out of the woodworks. Damn. You're like, that's how nature works. It's fascinating. Nature's cool. fascinating. And it, it can repopulate. And and that's what we need to do is repopulate areas, get into these hunting units. Um, anthro used to be great. It needs to be populated again. You know, yeah. close it. Get rid of these spike elk hunts on limited entry. And I know that the biologists say once they're a spike, they're always a spike. But how fair is it for somebody that puts in for 20 years? Has to go compete with a guy that's running around drunk on a side by side chasing spike elk. Yeah, the guy that's been putting in for twenty years has invested his money. He's going to take it a little bit more serious. He came to have a good time and shoot an elk by his choice. Yeah, not to mention you're mixing a variety of genetics in those areas. Yeah, so you get a spike. His lineage is not always going to be a spike. Now they always have the chance of being a spike, but that doesn't mean they're always a side by one's a cool. Cool trophy too. Yeah, <laughs> you're a. Was it a? What's your odd bowl that's in there? It's like a five by two or something like that. The one that got hit yeah, on the one side. I think it got hit. I think it was just a slow elk. That's the reason why I got it. That had some like. <laughs> it's like it got like squished in the womb or something. I don't know. That, I don't know that. So he shot this elk. What was it back in like 2010, 2008? Yeah, somewhere in there. Around there. Shot this elk, and <laughs> the uh, rear left quarter weighed like, you know, 60 to 80 pounds. The rear right quarter weighed like 20 to 40 pounds. <laughs> and it's like, something's not adding up here. And this is the entire right side was just like miniature versus the left side. And like, yeah. even the horns even show it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a freaking nature. Looked really big on one side, and actually half of the body was very small. And the other half was a mature bull. And so I remember letting you carry the heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Here, you take this quarter. I'll get the other one. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think the only time I've ever been pissed off being checked out from school is when you shot that damn elk on the top of Mosby. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm in, uh, like, seventh period, like, science or some shit like that. Just sitting there. Like, Joshua Cole, you're being checked out. I go, shit! God damn it! 
<laughs> and everyone looks at me. He's like, oh, what's wrong? You know, and it's like, oh, I got to go through and pack out a stupid ass elk, you know? Yeah. And I see you guys and you guys both have energy drinks. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a really shitty day. Yeah. Considering dad's drank about three energy drinks in his whole entire life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I hear uh, the police officers back east are dropping off quicker with the coronavirus than five t- well it's five times they're dropping off five times faster than gunfire like being shot down so question is is that people in the east coast are they being more quarantined than they are here in like areas like this no this this right here is the haven of covid yeah well i know right here is but, but back gotten- east they are also opting out of being vaccinated the police forces they're walking off they're having walkouts pretty much strikes i think uh i think back east yeah they're the policemen are all with the union and they're actually walking off so i mean shitty to say but i mean if people are opting out or dropping out of their jobs or just killing over dead on their jobs that's more opportunity for other people to be employed in those times. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but I, I'm just perfect, saying like perfect, if, perfect. <laughs> like any company out here is going to go through, and you know, people aren't going to go through and get vaccinated, and they drop off like flies. Shit, I'll be a scab. I'll go through and fill your position. Watch me. Oh, you're talking to a union guy here, buddy. I've been union in my life. I've been in the oil field. I've been on both sides of it, and it's a hard deal. It's even they're getting ready to crack down here on companies that have more than 100 employees and you've got to get vaccinated and some companies are offering money and some companies are not but a lot of people are going back to saying that it's against my constitutional rights and where people are wrong and i'm going to point this out and i might get some negative feedback towards this it's not your constitutional rights it's the right to work. You're working for a company, and it's an occupational hazard yeah. to be ill at work. That's what they're Just saying. Just to go to school, you have to be vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, it is your constitutional right, and you should go through and well, extend your rights is. to as much as you want yes. to go through and extend those rights. Yeah. However, if you want a job, times, yeah, yeah. in those, layman's terms, if you want to work, you take this. Yeah. And, and and there's a lot of occupations like that. I remember back in the 90s, Taco Bell had a big hepatitis break. Everybody had to get immunized for hepatitis. And it's just to work with food. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at a lot of construction and stuff like that. You have to be clean shaven because you got to go through and put your you know masks on and stuff like Staff that. Staph infection, tetanus. Yeah. You so, know? I mean, like that stuff, but like even like in a workforce, yeah. if you want to go through and work construction... You usually have to be clean shaven. Yeah. I have to shave my face to go through and work on a job. That's bullshit. Now, to me, that is. Yeah. But I also understand that I'm not going to go through and work in a facility full of chemicals and expect to go through and put, you know, a respirator on this shit. Yeah. It's not going to work out. Grandpa used to tell um, at the refinery, Jesus had long hair. <laughs> he used to. I used to laugh. Jesus also didn't work with explosive chemicals. <laughs> choose the right yeah <laughs> so I mean, the most construction he had was a few boards and a couple of nails but he was a carpenter yeah okay 
No, I was making it, I was making a <laughs> he got nailed to a cross joke. But anyways. <laughs> oh, we're gonna go on with this. Uh yeah, uh Washington State's head coach was uh fired for not getting his vaccination. It was state and I did not know this that uh when you say Washington State or Utah State, they're state affiliated colleges. I had no idea that the state was there. They're state employees. He is the highest paid person in the state of Washington. He denied his vaccination and opted out of $3 million a year. Is your vaccination worth $3 million? If somebody wants to offer me $3 million, I'll get vaccinated again for fun. Now, he's opting out of $3 million. He made that choice, okay? How much does he have saved up? <laughs> he's got to have money in the bank. That's yeah. He's got to have, you know, Granted. twelve million dollars or more saved up. He's like, yeah, up yours, dude. But, but it's like three million. Yeah, I think I could take it, in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's you and me. We're, we're the kind of people that you see those Facebook posts. Would you punch your significant other for a million dollars? Yeah, I'm gonna punch her lights out. Freaking put her in a. <laughs> concussion <laughs> like I, I know how this one's gonna go exactly i mean if you gave me a million dollars yeah I, I'd, I'd punch someone for it yeah um and i know you don't follow football a lot but uh john gruden has actually uh resigned from the raiders for something he did in 2012 with uh i believe he was working for espn as a sports analyst which i love john gruden John Gruden was the greatest guy in the world for facial expressions, coaching. You could sit and watch him whether you like the Raiders or not. Oh, excuse me. And, uh, but he said some, I don't know the politically right term for this, and maybe you can help me out. He said some homophobic stuff or anti-gay. Yeah. Okay, anti-gay stuff. And in some emails... And they went back and checked it out and got, well, he resigned out of it, basically. Um, Which really sucks because this guy is, he took Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl. He took the Raiders to the Super Bowl. This is a Hall of Fame coach. Every one of his statues, everything that is going to be a part of the Hall of Fame is gone. Because of this situation. Now, granted, he did wrong. All right. I like the guy. I had a great time in the past. Everybody might have some skeletons in their closet. You know. How far do you think cancel culture really needs to go? Because of history. I mean, are we going to pull back and go back to uh, Vince Lombardi or... John Madden, and I'm pretty sure back in the 50s and 60s, these guys didn't care about gay rights at all. They probably didn't make the team at the time. John Gruden had the first openly gay linebacker in the NFL this year on the Raiders team. He supported him. I, you know, everyone's kind of subjective to their past i'm not going to go through the line i i've done shit i've changed so much in 20 years yeah 
it's you know a lot of this stems from the access that we have to information at our fingertips and our open communication with the world you know instantaneously Mm -hmm. so sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing you know you useless just go through and listen to your uncle bob or whatever go through and tell stories and you know that's why you go through and and it's like, oh, that's how you learn things. And, you know, most of it was wrong anyways because it's just him spouting off about whatever he wants to. Mm-hmm. But now we have, like, this culture and stuff like that that goes through and yeah. kind of feeds into it and goes through. And I don't know. People should be subjective to things that they've gone through and done. Um, but especially if they've gone through and apologize. I mean, like, did he go through and apologize? sure if he did sorry guys we were lighting the old heater it's starting to get chilly in the old uh studio yeah it's pretty bad in here (laughs) so yeah i i I, don't know like if he went through and openly apologized about it that's that's something i'm pretty sure he did because he got with his team on uh email and wished him luck for the following sunday um i'd like to see that there is a future with him in sports analyst but i doubt it i think his career is completely over i don't know they're they're rich i mean but, like, look, we go through and pride Robert Downey Jr. all the time, right? It's like, oh, he's Iron Man. He goes through and does Make-A-Wish foundations all the time. You yeah, know, in 2003, he spent time in prison. He's Yeah, he spent time in prison. He was an addict, mm-hmm. you know? And we don't hold him to those standards. We hold him to, you know, the guy that saved the universe so, from so Thanos. basically, you know? you're saying he can repent. I'm going to use a religious thing. He can repent and change and become a better person. And, and I think everybody deserves a second chance. And we all say stupid shit. And that that's the thing about life. I've been married for 27 years. In 20 seconds, I can end my marriage. <laughs> bet. No, let's don't bet. <laughs> Good hell, this would be a different life, wouldn't it? I might be living in here. We need to get a better heater. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, what else I got for you here? Oh, <laughs> me and my uh, buddy Jason Osler. Shout out Jason Osler. He's already been here. He, I think he's uh, going to be back here. Uh, I think first weekend in November we're going to have him back on here. But uh, we were talking today, and Generation X has a problem with addiction. Smoking, drugs, drinking. Your generation? Yes. Yeah, okay. All in general. Do you think it's caused from the baby boomers putting us to bed with Benadryl, NyQuil? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> it's like, oh, the kids, we're going on a long trip. Let's Benadryl oh their gosh. asses up. So if you guys haven't watched Dope Sick, it's a pretty good series to go through and watch. It's maybe not for everyone, but it goes through and touches upon um, Oxycontin. Uh-huh. Do you remember uh, Mama's Little Helper? Mm-hmm. So there's like a huge organization Rolling of people stones. that go through and market pharmaceutical drugs. Mother's Little Helper, Oxycontin. Oxycontin in the 90s, they went through and they targeted every rural community. These people, a big business, and they'd go through and like, hey, you should go through and you should start you know, using Oxycontin because 
it's not addictive. You know, only 1% of people will go through and get addictive to it. And it's going to help out with your pain more than anything. Uh-huh. And they were lying up their asses about it. And that's what Dope Six about. It's about Oxycontin. But you guys had, yeah, you guys had your... Paragoric. Yeah, paragoric and all this stuff. So you, <laughs> Licorice. This is where you, you you're saw... You're damn it. right. All the opiates that you guys going through and took as a it's kid... It's our parents' fault. I love It's them. not your parents' it's fault. <laughs> but it's the people that marketed this shit at your parents' age. My uncle, shout out to Uncle Jed, we love you. Uncle Jed says, yeah, my kids, we'd go on a long trip, we'd Benadryl the shit out of them, and then go to sleep for the whole entire right. trip. God. <laughs> and then you wonder why we all, oh yeah, gotta have a beer tonight. And you're like, oh, you can't be mellow. You're like, what's mellow? <laughs> now, I, another thing I think of, um, the reason why you guys are so addicted to everything, especially things like heroin, which has kind of dropped off in our generation. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't have information about it. You guys had dare. Yeah. Now I dare you to do drugs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, heroin sounds great. It was a scary concept through the 80s when they they came in the 80s and early 90s. Okay, but dare. With the dare truck. But dare came through and they're like, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Drugs are going to go through and make you feel like you're the best person in the world. And they never told you like, hey, you know, opioids go through and cause a chemical reaction in your brain that makes you, you're fine while you're on it. But once you get off, it changes your like chemical you know, of your brain and stuff like that. They never talked about that shit. They never talked about like the track marks and gangrene that people go through and get from shooting up in the same arm. They never talk about how you go through and break blood vessels or how some people go through and bottom out so bad that they can't wake up. Yeah. That's real shit. Now what Dare says, they gave you the Ninja Turtles and they're like, Hey kids, don't do drugs. They're bad. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do so many drugs when I get older. This sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think of pot, you know? Yeah. So on and so forth. That's why you guys are all hooked on, like, opioids and painkillers and shit like that. <laughs> now, the other half of you are all hooked on, like, heroin and stuff like that, doing AA meetings. Now, our generation isn't free from that either. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you guys had no information and shitty information when it was given to you. Yeah. Yeah. Dare is not even a real thing anymore. Now, I've seen one Dare truck in the last 10 years. It's in Fort Duchesne. Fort Duchesne? Yeah. Fort Duchesne is... Of course it's in Fort Duchesne, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised it's not in Mighton either, you know? Or off Metro Hill. Uh, <laughs> Tri-County Hill. We gotta start <laughs> we gotta start naming it something different now. The dare pickup line. I yeah. dare you to come pick up these drugs. Ah. <laughs> uh, and just in uh, yesterday, uh, Brian Laundry's remains have been found in florida um they do not have all of his body they have a partial skull which is pretty odd to me but this is a good thing the only thing that's bad about this in my thoughts is if the policeman in moab would have cited this like a domestic violence a real domestic violence not somebody that was a tourist that you guys are traveling together and you just need a night break if he was locked up for actually hitting her and got the whole judge deal they didn't even get ticketed would she still be alive is it the moab's police fault 
I don't know. I think you can always dwell on the past. You can always yeah. go through and say, "Wow, if I would have, he'd have not... killed her. He'd have killed her later, probably." He died, and when he died, it was like the most weird way. I'm not saying that's a conspiracy theory or anything, but I mean, like, it doesn't seem like a suicide to me, does it to you? No, it almost seems like his dad got involved in it because his dad also or knew her. someone who felt so bad for the girl went through and found him and killed him in Florida. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. Oh, got him at the house. Yeah, probably yeah. went through and gun. Oh, perfect. Now we got a conspiracy theory going. Let's see how this plays out. Maybe, maybe it was a drug dealer that was going through and supplying him. Was like, bitch, you didn't go through and pay me my money. And then just <laughs> off to you know, Florida. We're going to Yellowstone on a trip to get away from our drug lord that's going to kill us. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a possibility. I don't know. If you wouldn't have had such a damn addiction, we wouldn't have to travel right now. I don't, that's what the fight was over. I don't I don't think it's the Moab's police department's fault. No, I'm not saying that the Moab police department can't Those go through and work on jobs. They lost their jobs already. In Moab? Yeah. Because it's been publicized. Well, this is... Yeah. Okay, okay. Same thing that we're going through with your, your coach that we talked about. Yeah. It's... Media. Once it's publicized, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if I decided to uh, say something racist online or something like that, I'm not famous, so I'm going to get to go, go through and get away with it. Now, I'm just as equally shitty as a person as someone who does go through and is famous. But the problem with someone who's famous is that they're going to go through and lose everything they have in a matter of hours. Yeah. So. Yeah, those guys' jobs toast on something that they didn't think. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I can't really say. Now, what you're telling me at face value if they went through and looked at it and they're like, oh, shit, you know, there's a lot of variables I'm thinking through my head. It's like, oh, you know, God, you guys are some ornery ass tourists. You know, you guys need to go through and just take a chill night, you know, spend some time in separate hotel rooms, you know, whatever you guys need to do. Yeah. And totally just chill out and then go away. Get away from Moab because Moab police officers, they don't shit tons of tourists. There's so many people, though. That's that's what I was getting. I was almost giving a break to the Moab police because it's like, okay. They're trying to keep these two together. You separate them. What are they supposed to do? Do they have the money to get a hotel? What do you do? Yeah. You know, it's I not like they clear. have extra jail cell. Hey, he's in trouble. You get to stay in the other bedroom over here. Yeah. I, I mean, I've also partied with the Moab police, so I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Alec Baldwin shoots... His cinema, C- cinema. We wrap this, and I'm gonna go pee real quick. Um, yeah, I'll I'll talk about this. Go ahead and go pee. All right, sounds good. His cinematographer, Alec Baldwin, shoots and kills his cinematographer. You pull up on the cable. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But anyhow, um. Yeah, Alec Baldwin actually was on a set, and he uh, had a prop gun. And the prop gun actually contained a live round. And he pointed the gun at one of his producers, shot and killed her. So, what I'm getting at... With this, it was a bad deal. She's dead. Alec Baldwin was shook up. Crazy, crazy deal. 
But being the hunter that I am, I have to investigate it in my head a little bit. And what I mean by investigate it is I took hunter safety. And hunter safety was important to me. Muzzle control. Know your target. Don't point your gun at people. Always know your gun. Alec Baldwin never took his magazine, never opened up the action of his gun to see what was going on because it was a prop. Is this wrong in Hollywood? How many years have we gone through Old West shootouts, guns? I'm pretty sure there was a protocol that we go through because they have mismatched guns. They've got prop guns, real guns, and everything just for entertainment purposes. I mean, it's a shitty deal that he killed somebody and he wasn't responsible. Somebody has to be responsible. And it could have been years and years of that gun being sitting in a box and then finally it was brought out for this this uh, production that they're recording right now, which is like a Wild West shootout. But I think that somebody needs to be liable for this kind of situation, and it just seems like it just got brushed under the carpet. Yeah. It's a little odd. I thought prop guns usually like didn't even have like the mechanisms as a real gun have, so when you told me that, it was a little bit odd. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I'm pretty sure, you know, in an Old West, with props, there, there's got to be a real gun because they show people shooting bottles. They show things like that, live photos. Yeah, but a lot of the time they just go have the bottle yeah. explode or something happen on this end while this one goes and fires at the same time. Like They never mentioned foul play. That's what I was getting at. I was like, wow, no foul play. But I guarantee from here on out, They'll be checking the actions of guns. <laughs> I don't know. Just seems a little odd, especially for an Alec Baldwin movie to go through and have a real gun on set. Real gun with fake bullets. Oh man, I'll tell you what. Some of the movies that you watch though, Mission Impossible, stuff with Tom Cruise, you gotta question some of the fake guns that they do have. You're like, man, that it's pretty legit some of that yeah. stuff sometimes like questions like they they shot 19 times in that uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> revolver and uh i haven't seen him reload yet yeah that's a shitty deal that's got to go on his conscience there for a while though you know like you don't alec baldwin's not something that's ever had hunter safety any type of like concealed carry permit or anything like that he has no sense of gun safety right no. he goes soon waves around on screen and shoots the bad guys. In this case, he accidentally shot his coworker, yeah. which is really shitty. Well, he hasn't been the action-packed figure that goes out and fights crime or anything yeah. either. Now, this could happen to Sam Elliott. Mm-hmm. Oh, you gave me a you know a prop gun. You know, you shoot your cinematographer on set. Mm-hmm. That's got that's got to suck. Yeah, and it's not Alex's fault. It's not ah, shit. I a lot of people just don't know about guns, and it, it's not their fault. Now, you could go through and say, well, they should have proper gun safety and stuff like that. How, how many times have you played with a toy sword in your life? Have toy, you ever had toy proper guns. proper yeah. toy or proper uh, Cap you know, guns. sword? Uh, super soaker. We go through and 
Yeah. Water somebody Shit like that. Everyone has a super soaker growing up. Exactly. So it's not fair for them not to not know, you know. Yeah. Gun safety. Um, you got any good reviews of any of the places you've eaten here in the basin lately? Um, I always feel like you should go through and venture out from the last place that you ate at. You should not always eat at Wingers. Not, not, you know, saying that Wingers is a bad place to eat. It's a good, you know, neutral vanilla. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But try some things out like uh, lemongrass. Go to uh, Mexican Plaza. Those are both in uh, Fernal. Mm-hmm. If you got some time here in Roosevelt to go through and eat at High Country Pizza. That's, yeah, that yeah. that's the place it's called. They got a good gluten-free pizza there. I, uh, I, I got celiac, so I don't eat out all that often. I eat more at the house than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, high count, high country pizza has some, uh, good, really good pizza, gluten-free pizza, especially. Oh, perfect. Um, the, uh, I've heard good things about, uh, hideout. Oh, the hideout. They just started breakfast. I hear the biscuits and gravy is amazing. I know you're gluten-free, but. That sounds amazing to me. I'm kind of a biscuit kind of guy. That's, that's gluten on gluten right there. Oh, yeah. I'm Ooh. not going to lie. That does sound pretty good. Yeah. Something I haven't had in over five years. Yeah. It is it is what it is. Um, is. Let's see. What's another good place here in Roosevelt? We got some of the Mexican places that are always right there on yeah. uh, stage, or Lagoon Street. Uh-huh. Um, Cafe Luna. Cafe Luna still in business? I didn't know that. I believe so. I, I don't know. I haven't eaten there in yeah. a few years. No, like, uh, these smaller businesses that come up, I mean, you got to eat there. You got to go through and make them survive, especially if they're good. If they have something worth value, let them know. The Sage Coffee Shop. Yeah, that's the place I was thinking of. Yeah, Sage Coffee Shop. Yeah. Give and, them uh, a shop. Pop Tato. That's that new little yeah. joint over by where Country Cabots used to be. Back in my old uh, muzzle loading. Uh, White systems. White systems. Yeah. Carl's Carpets right across yeah. the street from uh, um, tennis courts by mm-hmm. Union High School. Yep. But, no, like, you can't always go through and eat the grill. You can't always go through and eat at Marion's. You can't always go through and eat at Round Robin. You got to go through and pick somewhere else. And the reason why is because yeah. you can't – you, you got to go through and help, you know, these other small businesses prosper. And, I mean, you're going to eat more meals in your life. Yep. It's not going to be the end of the world. Yep. And uh, if you guys uh, want to sponsor – uh, you went to basement. You're more than welcome to uh, give me an email. <laughs> we will definitely read your ad and we will post the shit out of it. Yeah. So get out there and we'll make sure that it's a uh, good quality. And I'll even get my wife involved to where she can edit it to where we're actually politically correct and, and make sure it sounds good. <laughs> or we'll, we'll go to your business and yeah. we'll go through and sample your products or whatever you have going on and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll check it out. Especially if it's yeah. food. I, I mean, I love me some food. Now, we will survive without sponsors, but I'll tell you what, if you guys want to sponsor us, we will get out there and make sure it happens. We will definitely promote your guys' business. We're starting to get on the charts out there. And get out and get involved with the community yeah. is what we want to do. For sure. Especially if you're like, you know, homegrown small business out here. Yes. We'll go through and we won't, we won't let you be recognized yeah. in the community so other people go through and see you what, for what you are. So, No, we like it. We like it. Um, you got any recipes or anything you want to share? Oh, shit. I made 
some chicharrones the other day. Super easy. Uh-huh. Just take some pork skin off of whatever you got going on and uh, just trim all the fat off the back end of it, cut it up in small pieces, dry it out 250 in the oven for three hours until it's super dry. And then you just go through and flash, flash fry it in some hot oil. Uh-huh. Go through and make some chicharrones. Other than that, I haven't been really doing much besides smoking a shit ton. Um, that's, that's not dope. That's not dope. He's talking about his... his smoker. <laughs> his camp chef smoker. Yeah, I got a small camp chef smoker that I use and abuse on a daily basis. <laughs> pulled pork. I've made uh, uh, smoked chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, the vegetarians that we know of uh, really like the smoked chicken. Okay. and That's awesome. <laughs> I, I could pride myself over that and... Uh, Let's see. Brisket. God, you, if you're going to make brisket, though, you got to spend 16 hours prepping yourself for that. And that's something you have to wake up at midnight for. Mm-hmm. Go through and get ready for. Um, those are always good. Uh, if you want, I can always go through and post a recipe on your website or yeah, your and, Facebook. And honestly, I do a solo podcast on Wednesday. And if you want to step in, Josh, and, and come in with me at any time, uh, or just sit down, you know. I can clip it in, and we will we will definitely talk. And and I love sharing the recipes. I like having actually some of the female uh, feedback when it comes back to it because I want to be a podcast that's reaching out to both sides, male and female. Um, you know, it's not all about sex. It's not all about hunting. But let's bring it all together and have a good time. It's about this community, the Uinta Basin, the Uinta Basement, the Armpit of Utah, it's my thing. It's it's something that I want to address and kind of have something different than just the regular radio station out here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'll try to keep my content up and keep going. I do have uh, next week off, so we can uh, sell the podcast a little bit here and there and, and, and get some content out. But if you guys want to contact me, and uh, even if you want to just direct message me, you can get a hold of me on Messenger. You can go on the You in the Basement podcast site. There's a Messenger on it. Or you can go to Quinn Cole uh, Messenger. I'm also on the Gram. I don't like it as much, Instagram. It's just not as cool another facebook yeah it's another facebook but there's just not as many people as i have on facebook but uh yeah get a hold of me uh eskimo.cole at gmail.com and uh you can get a hold of me in several different places you know and and i'll get back with you I, i i'm a social media slut so basically i'll get back with you Josh, do you want anybody to get a hold of you? Um, I don't know. I'm I follow your podcast, so I'm sure you could find me in the list of users on that. Yep. But um, yeah, I guess you can find me on Facebook. I'm not really socially active on social media, so that's all right. We'll get a condom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go through and do that. I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, talk my dad into playing some games one of these days, and we can do a Twitch stream, and we can follow us there. I have Twitch. You have Twitch now? I've had Twitch for a while. Um, the hell do you have Twitch for? Brian with the other side of the beehive. <laughs> but Brian, he's the producer of the other side of the beehive. And uh, I, uh, he DJs on it. 
So I've had Twitch since then, and I also listen to um, one of my guilty secrets, uh, Cabino and Rich. They're also on it since they're not on Sirius Radio anymore. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. No, find a game you want to play. We'll go through and Twitch stream it. Yeah. Any any flavor you, you got. We can play Madden even if you want to. I think I have those. Yeah, Madden. Madden's a good game. I don't know who to pick. I'm, I'm kind of subjective. Tom Brady. <laughs> I, okay, maybe. But no, we'll, we'll play some games and we can put that on your uh, stream. Have a good time. Yeah, we're going to get out there. Um, I've looked at a few cameras and I think once we build the studio a little bit better to where it doesn't look like our podunked, uh, I don't even give a shit. We're our redneck area with the three wheelers and the bike in the back. Yeah. But, uh, we're going to probably start going live. Well, it's not live. We're going to film as we uh, podcast. All right. So, yep. I mean, you're listening half the time anyway, so it doesn't really matter to me. But Yeah. Give us feedback, negative, positive. I want it. And you know what? Let's get some feedback from some, the ladies out there, and let's get some content out. If you guys want to be a part of the show, get a hold of me as well. Um, episode 21 is in the books. We're out of here. Thank you.